Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate, and joining me today, Nick. <laughs> Here I am. It's the Blackpool wrap-up. Oh, man. For the first time, I don't have this. I have nothing to say. I wasn't there. You yeah, first. What was this? This is the first time in nine years you missed Blackpool? Uh, I don't know. Like 927 <laughs> years is like the first one I've missed. I mean, uh, I mean you were keeping tabs on it from afar, though. I wasn't going, I hadn't been, you know, to a, too many, but I think it might have been number seven or eight, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting yeah, no, there. I was trying to watch from afar. I, I, I felt like I was there. The internet does a pretty good job of filling in the blanks. And uh, since I've been everywhere, you know, there, it all kind of made sense. <laughs> so. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy this year. Um, you know, I will say, so normally it's really nice having you and Roddy there to uh, help set up the booth but this year it was just me and uh you know mandy and a few other people uh, came but the all of our set decoration didn't show up so we only had the back banner and mm. uh we uh i i had to assemble the thing from bed sheets and duct tape which i don't know if you've ever bought bed sheets and duct tape in blackpool at 9 p.m at night before a convention but it's not a good look I have actually I've bought bed sheets at that. Uh, what the? What's the name of that? Uh, it's the got it. B, B the dollars. The B and M. Yeah, yeah. but several bed sheets and tablecloths <laughs> from uh, from the B and M. Yeah, if you're looking for a tablecloth in Blackpool, don't buy bed sheets instead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, sometimes that's not that intuitive. But yes, of course. It was, yeah. it was me, Jonathan Levitt, and Christian Grace all buying bed sheets the night before. Mm. Yeah, they don't have a. Good old Blackpool. No, it was uh, it was fun though. I'm sure it was a, it was a good time. You know, we'll talk about some of the other products, uh, but uh, we had a pretty interesting table, which I know you helped us sort of pick the products. And the first thing that uh, everyone was talking about, it seemed like, uh, was Dragon Scale. Mm-hmm. You and I have been messing around with that for five years now, and we finally get to show it off to magicians. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I, I have to remind myself how long it's been since we've been playing with that thing but yeah no the dragon scale is amazing I'm, I'm sure some of the listeners already know what it is but if you don't it's a it's this crazy device hidden in a card box uh, that it's a scale essentially that can communicate with your phone and if you have your deck of cards on top of the scale slash card box and somebody cuts some cards off you can secretly know how many cards they've cut or what card they've cut to or how many clubs and spades are in the packet of cards they cut to or literally anything you want to know about that packet, uh, you can know. And same with multiple cuts. And it's, it's like, it's pretty endless as to what this thing is capable of. You know, the, the crazy thing that happened right before Blackpool was our developer uh, unlocked earphone support. So mm-hmm. I was, so you can listen in on your Bluetooth headset. There's spy earpieces. I even heard that we might even have some spy earpieces for sale at magic live. Uh, no, mm. no guarantee, but it's heading that way. But I'm standing in the booth and people are cutting the deck and the, the scale is whispering to me like seven of spades, king of hearts. I mean, it was, yeah. it was like it, cheating. It was, it was, I felt like, a, I felt like James Bond. Yeah. It's cheating at magic. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's rightfully so. It's, I just had worked on the, inst- the new instructional video for it. Like, it's weird. This is kind of like our first app-based slash physical product that we've made. So 
Um, I'm not used to talking in like, oh, the new release of 1.8, you know, uh, <laughs> but it is true. Uh, the, this new version that, I mean, it's already been updated since I've filmed the uh, instructional video, but um, this new version has uh, lots of, lots of new features in it because we're continuously working on it. And if you're somebody that owns the dragon scale already, like it's been updated. Yeah. So uh, take a look at it, go look at the new instructional video and, please join the Facebook group um, so that we can, we're just trying to iron this thing out so we can get it to a great stable position and it'll help not only for uh, any uh, bugs you might be encountering, but also just like routines and ideas and suggestions. I'd love to get the conversation going over there on the Facebook group. You can find it in the, uh, in the new instructional video. I, I think what was so exciting was how many magicians were all you had to do was show them the information that was coming out of the dragon scale. And they just yeah. immediately started jamming on the spot in the booth. And they were like, I mean, one person came up to me and they were like, Oh, so my assistant could have this backstage. I could have somebody cut the deck and hold that to their chest. And my assistant would write down what card they cut to. And then in a confabulation situation, how many reds, how many blacks, how many cards they were holding, how many clubs, diamonds, spades, how many court cards, the sum of all of the cards, even the potential poker hands that it would spit out. And then they could put that in a, in a prediction envelope or a Lippincott box or something and just slide it out onto stage and give this person a giant dramatic reveal. You yeah. Know, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was amazing how not just the, the excitement, but how many, potential options there are for all the stuff, especially because the dragon scale is so it can do all the, the random object stuff, but it's so focused on how much information it can get out of a deck of cards. Yeah. The, I, 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 I totally, totally agree with you. The, um, in diving into it more and more, you know, like I, I think this is the difference between, and I'm not really, I'm not like saying anything in particular about any other products out there, but I'm actively and you are actively performing with this thing and with the intention of trying to create and discover the best possible routine for the device. Uh, I feel like a lot of times, sometimes things like these get kind of like created and left in the dust. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And you wonder what, what should I be doing with this? Well, I mean, we're trying to figure it out <laughs> because it's, it's not that we don't know. It's just that it's, depth is so great yeah. uh, it's it's crazy what is possible and i've also focused more on uh, what's possible with the deck not even so much on the grand scale like you're saying there of uh, like crazy backstage assistant do like impossible stuff but even just simple little tricks that are fun to do but even more impossible because if you're the type of performer that wants to take their time to frame what they're doing as completely free and fair and everything is above board, this is something that you might want to think about using because you can really establish how, how uh, test conditions perfect everything is with the selection of the card and, and everything else. Cause you don't have to be, you can be in the other room when they, when they do this, depending on how you're getting the information. So I think what's yeah. re really cool is not just the information that's coming out of the scale, but the handlings that are occurring. Because, I mean, when I first saw the scale, I was admittedly a little skeptical because I was like, well, you got to cut. 
And then suddenly we're seeing these new handlings where people are touching cards. And then in the offbeat, the deck is getting, part of the deck is getting set down on the box. Yeah. And now it, it feels, it not only is the, the scale able to give you information from that, but it feels super organic. Like, here's a trick. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Here's mm-hmm. a trick that I love, because I'm also, like, like fascinated with not just stack deck stuff, but shuffle deck tricks that you can do yeah. with the dragon scale. Because, you know, knowing how many cards somebody's cut to is an incredible piece of information. So here's a trick I love, and it's a very simple trick, but, like, do you have your spectator cut some cards off the deck? And then they secretly count those cards, and then they put them back on top of the deck. Now if you've set the conditions where you are not, you know, there's no marks or anything like that. There's no possible way you could know what number they're just thinking of in this moment. It's just not possible, except it is possible because you have the dragon scale. So you know exactly how, what number they're thinking of. So the trick is this, they're going to think of that number and then I'm going to try to cut exactly to that number that they're just thinking. of. So then I just reach down and I cut and now look, can I cut the exact number? I mean, I maybe. I can get pretty close. If they're thinking of 12, I'm going to do my best to try to cut 12 cards. But here's the thing. Like, you'll know if you're one or two or three cards off. And who cares? You just correct it in the moment. doesn't matter. Nothing. Yeah. Not, they don't know what's happening. So you cut, and then you reveal the number. And you say, are you thinking of 12 they say, yes, holy shit. <laughs> or can we say that on here? Yes. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, they count, and you count, and you, you cut the exact thing. The reason why I love it, it's a simple trick. It's a great mind-reading trick, but also it helps you get better at estimation, Yeah, which is a thing that I've really enjoyed about the dragon scale. I mean, you know, we always have that, like, thing where you're like, uh, hey, if you, if you want to practice your classic force, then just be prepared to do a shuffle deck and use trick and do your yeah. classic force because it, if you hit it great, it's good practice. But if you don't, you can sort of analyze what you missed. When have you ever been able to do that for estimation? Yeah, it's super fun. I, I, I could see, I have it in my notes of like a potential future feature mm-hmm. is like some sort of like estimation trainer inside the app. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Right. Where, where like it can just track your estimation over time and give you your accuracy. And it's just interesting um, stuff. I haven't fully flushed it out yet, but that that's the type of thing that's possible uh, with the dragon scale. The, uh, the other thing that like, and again, this is just like, I spent three days with, you know, 5,000 magicians all looking at this thing and having ideas and especially when custom input stack gets like fully unlocked for all users. Yeah. There was a mentalist who was like, I can't wait for that feature. Cause I'm just going to have a stack of 40 Polaroids. Yeah. I mean, not, no, that not even using playing cards. Yeah. That's, uh, that's another, another level of stuff, uh, even photographs, but even just all the trick decks that everybody are using like snaps or yeah. evoke. Right, just having um, your vote cards um, not possible at the moment yet, but I mean, I mean, by the time this is, comes out, it might be for all I know. I mean. who, who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's just actively being worked on at all at all times. I yeah. mean, there's a list of stuff that we're trying to do, and it's just a matter of you know the developers mm-hmm. uh, and what order they gauge based on how hard any of it is <laughs> to do. So, uh, it's an exciting product, yeah. and I think if you if you get in on it, it's uh, it's something that. Well, I, it's 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 just 
pure fun. Yeah. Um, whether or not it even makes it into like some active routine, I'm sure it will at some point. But the, the thing is just fun to, to, to play around with as well. So, yeah. We have a great magic club at the P3 Magic Theater here in Columbus. It's the local IBM ring. And I, you know, it was this past Tuesday as we're recording this and I brought the dragon scale out. And I mean, you know, it's funny because you leave your phone on the table and you just let it look like, let people look at that information packet that it sits off. And you just have people come up to it all night going, you know, cutting the deck, watching it show up and then just shaking their head and walking away, coming back a little bit later. I mean, it's, you're right. It's cheating at magic, but it's like, it's the closest thing there is to real magic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I mean, so just another just quick trick oh, yeah, that yeah. I, I love doing with it. And this is possible with the, with the features that are, that are there right now. And you can create your own stack, mm -hmm. but just with playing cards. But one thing that you can do is it doesn't have to just be like a 52 card stack. It can be like a repeating stack of four cards. Yeah. Right. So if you've got a deck that just like repeats, I don't know, five cards or something, you can, um, it's just a multiple out trick. So you have all five of those cards on your body, right? Yeah. They cut anywhere they want. And you say, you sure you want that one? You know, now you already know what the card is and you just pull that one card out and hold it in your hand. And that's, what's great is you can be like, this is where what you can't do normally is you with the card already in your hand, you could say, what would have happened if you cut one card more? And yeah. then they could turn that card over and show, you know, and then you reveal the card in your hand. I mean, that's just, it takes a trick that's already impossible yeah. and makes it, seemingly how even more impossible. So, I mean, like, uh, that's what could you do? I mean, like imagine bringing tossed out deck close up mm -hmm. with cuts and you're not having to throw stuff and rubber bands and things. I mean, it's just, I didn't even think I, I didn't even realize there was support for repeating stacks in there, but it makes sense the way yeah. it works. You could totally do that. Well, it wasn't at first. Um, mm -hmm. At first, it was like if you created a stack, it would if you added the four of clubs to your stack, it would remove it from mm -hmm. being able to, right? And that's how it kind of is uh, elsewhere as well. But mm -hmm. I, I was like, no, let's get some ways to repeat it in there. So um, that's so cool. Yeah, it, yeah, it's very, it's very, very cool. Well, I, you know, I think that Dragon Scale is something that we're going to continue to sort of talk about on this podcast, especially as we evolve into this new format where you and I are like talking about the cool new things that are happening. But uh, yeah, this is fun. The other, like, I mean, that's just going to be fun to talk about in the future. The other thing that really shocked me at, at uh, Blackpool was how popular Discovery was. Mm, didn't shock me. Didn't shock me. Well, but, yes. Know, those Nymans, they know how, they know a thing or two about, about mentalism as it turns out. It's a good, it's a good trick. And look, any tricks that use this kind of method are usually very fooling, especially to magicians. Um, great trick to show your friends and family, but also, man, uh, it's a, it's a great, great little piece of mentalism for uh, for the boys as well. Uh, so what? I just I also want to clarify, like it surprised me because that's this is not normally the kind of trick I do. I think one of the re things I love about like pitching magic on the stand at like a big convention like Blackpool or Magic Live is it forces me to do a piece of magic that I wouldn't do in like my restaurant gigs or my normal normal walk around stuff. And so mm -hmm. because I'm doing it over and over again in such a short period of time, I'm starting to come up with neat things and, and I'm noticing things about it that I wouldn't otherwise. And mm -hmm. uh, and like I actually by the middle of the first day in the dealer's room, I had come up with a new handling that eliminates the secret thing you have to do. 
And so, which is barely a thing. It's, you know, there's it's, almost no secret thing. It's barely but, a thing. But then Spooky and Andy came over and they heard, "Hey, we we hear you got a new handling, and I did it for you." And they're like, "Wait a minute, when did you do the the secret thing?" And I was, and I showed them, and they were like, "That's can we put that in the tutorial?" And so that's actually getting mm-hmm. pushed out today. To oh, that's right. So if you buy it, if you buy Discovery, the new handling will be in there. But if you bought it beforehand you'll be getting a new handling that was created at Blackpool and is like endorsed by the creator and his dad. And, you know, I mean, it's, it was really fun to do. Oh, that'd be funny if I had to get all of my, my handlings endorsed by my dad. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, his, his dad has got like a pretty, pretty nice. You should call your hand. dad and see if it's okay. That <laughs> I should. Oh man. Which, Make a new ultra lucky coin handling and send it by your dad. I think that would be good. Maybe that's something we start <laughs> doing on this podcast is just like randomly calling our dads and asking them for permission to do magic. Yeah, right. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea what, what, what we do. I know. But anyway. Yeah, no, discoveries. I mean, that's a, that's a fun trick. Oh yeah. Um, and different, you know, it's just different. So if you don't know um, what great it is, prediction style thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what it is, it's like, it's got, it's six poker chips that are one through that are labeled one through six. And then hey. you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other new feature of the podcast is we do this at home. So it's uh, our dogs are going to interrupt the, the podcast. And if you, uh, if you watch us on YouTube, you'll be able to, you'll be able to see Rocco and Bellatrix and Archie. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Okay. So Archie is. Yeah. It's a it's one through six poker chips, and you mix them up behind your back, and you put one poker chip in your pocket, and then they name a number, and you show the other five chips are normal, and then you reach in your pocket and immediately reveal it was the one that they named, and it is this. Spooky pointed something out to me. I was worried that people were going to grab the chips because the chips aren't examinable, right? Uh, mm-hmm. but I was worried people were going to grab them, but there is this feeling when you do it where like you say, name a number and they, they say four. And then when you show them, it's the four, they feel like they won. So there's not this, like, like if like with ultra lucky coin, it, you know, there's like this moment of like, Oh, I tricked you. And so they immediately grab the chip and want to examine it. Right. But with discovery, they feel like they won. Like you said, name a number and it was the only one in the pocket. So they're just like, Oh yeah, that was great. And they kind of like, they just they forget about the chips entirely, which is yeah, that's a good point. But it's like an interesting thing to think about with some of my other magic. Like, how am I like as as I'm? What is the feeling my audience is having as they see as they have the moment of astonishment, and how does that allow me to use like more and more bold props and gimmicks that they're just not going to want to grab, but I can do crazy yeah. stuff with. Yeah, it doesn't really. I've never. I don't know. I've become less and less. I just never have issues with people trying to grab my stuff. Yeah. You know, and I guess you're right at the end of this trick is the heat is not really so much on the chips. Um, it's not like they haven't seen the backs of the chips. Yeah. You know, there are back that not only, so they see the back of the chips when you bring them out, they see the back of the chips when you put the chip in your back pocket, you know? So like the back is implied. And, um, so, but I just, I've never, it's just always feels like one of those things where people get a little hung up and don't allow them to try something that's great and yeah. new. Um, because it really is a, a really, just a bulletproof trick prediction style trick 
that, yeah, I guess your spectator gets all the credit, which is cool. And it's instantly repeatable, which again, like there's not a lot of like multiple out tricks like this. That's, so that's actually mm -hmm. something in the new handling too, is the new handling also resets the trick in front of the audience. So if you wanted to immediately do it again and they're like, you want to try again? And they go for it. You could do it. There's no, there's no fumbling around or anything like that, which is really fun. So it's, it's well worth it. Everyone, I think everyone should check it out. It's a great trick. I, it's just a fun one. Yeah. You should own that one for sure. The, uh, the last, last year forever too. Oh yeah. Like you're, you're and like, once you know how it works, like you could make it out of your own poker chips or coins or, you know, even playing cards if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So the last new thing on the stand that was like a huge hit at Blackpool was uh, Mind Blocks, complete sellout. This is uh, with Craig Petty, and then the it's a marking system done by Phil Smith. Ryland Petty performed it on America's Got Talent, and it's just a it's a mentalism utility deck that's extremely marked and uh, made of uh, what, what is it the children's building block system? You going crazy over here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mind blocks is, I mean, where do, where, where do you <laughs> begin? Casey said, where, where does that, where does he find the time Yeah, uh, to, to come up with all this stuff? Like the mind block is more than just like, there's, there's a lot of tricks. It's guys inside this like clever little um, brick building deck of cards. This is a lot going on. This guy is never like this until <laughs> apparently the camera or podcast comes on. So here, I'm going to throw him in the other room okay? because he's doing it. So Mind Blocks is pretty awesome because there's more than not. It's not just like a single trick you're buying. There's all yeah. sorts of stuff that you can do with it. Now, you, you, you are dealing with Lego sets and yeah. stuff. So, you know, keep that in mind. If that's not for you, then, you know. Mind block is probably not what you, what you're looking for, but I find more and more people are interested in these style of uh, decks of cards, moving away from traditional, you know, this stuff, and and better for the mentalists as well, which is really all the types of tricks that you're doing with this. Things marked, um, and the markings oh, are crazy. Oh man, you is, know, is it marked? <laughs> Well, because when you think about it too, how do you mark a deck? Like, how would you, if you had a deck that was full of stuff like images, like an ambulance mm -hmm. or um, a, a castle or a, a, a naval ship or something, how do you mark a deck to tell you what that image is? It's very difficult, very difficult. Um, but not with this. This, it's literally written on the backs of the cards. You can't see it unless you know how to see it. And it's just clear as day. Like every square centimeter of the back of these things is marked. Because it's not just like what's on the face. It's also like there is a stack. So it'll tell you what's above it and below it. There's a, yeah. there's like force words hidden in like the little descriptor paragraphs about the Lego yeah. sets. And you can you can have somebody select a, a word from that and the card will tell you what that is. It even tells you the number of total bricks in the Lego set, which is like... yeah. Difficulty rating, it's it, it, it's just crazy. It, there's so many pieces of information that you can divine from the faces of these cards. Um, it's just, it, it's wild. And it, you, it, so if you're listening to this podcast and you go to the, the website and check out Mindblocks, look at the back design of the card. Like pause it mm -hmm. when the back design is up there because they have like full images of the back design. And then 
tilt your head so that you're looking <laughs> at it on this side and let your eyes see the negative space between the blocks and you'll see exactly how it's how it's marked um it might take your eyes a second but once you see it you can't unsee it yeah and it's uh, it's awesome but then there's also just a secret forcing system built into the deck as well uh it's crazy i almost forgot um, about that secret forcing system yeah no i mean how many i don't know how many routines are taught on it probably it's, 50 uh, it's 10 <laughs> it's 10 off 10, the bat okay. but then there's like you know craig so he's like given a million little ideas along the way. And he's like, when, if you did a, tr if you did a routine like this, so like, well, that's, yeah, that's the problem. It's, it's so open-ended, you know, yeah. you can't, what, what do you do? What do you want to do with it? You can do anything you want. So it's, it's a great mind reading tool uh, because it's like a marked deck that lets you know different types of information. So yeah. Mind blocks is an exciting trick. I, I, it just came out like yeah. yesterday. So I'm excited to see what people uh, think about it and are, are doing with it. So the uh, the booth was so jammed that I only got to do a couple of like one single lap on the last day, but mm -hmm. uh, there was a thing that um, I don't know when this is going to show up on Penguin's website, but it's got to be. Uh, but I got one for you, and I sent it oh, home. Yeah. I do, got it. Hold on. Do you yeah, have yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I can't do it, but I, I do have it here so that she can. Uh -oh. We can show it because it's oh, going to yeah. be on Penguin. Uh, you know, if it's not on Penguin soon, this is one of the few well, times I'm going to tell you, go find this thing, because this was the big hit of the convention. Luca Bono, L-U-C-A-B-O-N-O. This is a finger off extreme. So if you yeah. haven't seen Nick Lacapo do the pinky thing, you're missing out. But, you know, yeah, it, it looks like this. Yeah, it, <laughs> it looks like you take your finger off and then there's like a little nubbin of meat and a really cute cartoon bone and... I got I got a video of uh, of Kyle Purnell doing the pinky thing with this gimmick uh, at Blackpool. Oh, I'm gonna I gotta put that on Instagram because it's it's yeah, so to, good. I gotta do that as well. You yeah. know I don't even you know I don't even have a clip of me doing the pinky thing on Instagram. What? It's I right? That's crazy. crazy. We gotta. I know that. everybody else. I know I do have to fix that. But it's yeah, just like how this, how cute. Look at look at this gimmick. It's adorable. What is this? It's, okay. It's so good. <laughs> The other thing that came up, and because uh, I know we did Crazy Sam's handcuffs on Penguin, so I have to imagine that this thing will come up. And it was, it sold out immediately, but it was um, Crazy Sam's Mind, which is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, there's, it's a thing, you can do a bunch of stuff with it, but the main takeaway, and I had him do this to me, is you walk up to him and he puts a Pringles chip, in your, like a potato chip, just in your hand. And then he like... Yeah cocks a mind gun and points his fingers like a pistol and the chip just explodes. And it Crazy. was, I, I couldn't buy it because it's sold out immediately. And as <laughs> soon as it becomes available, I don't care where it is, I'm getting it. And I need this in just like my walk around. Cause it was the most fun. You normally Carol carry Pringles with you when you perform walk I will, around, right? I, I will, I will die on this hill. Pringles are becoming my everyday carry as soon as I get my hands on Crazy Sam's mind. Pringles and spaghetti? Pringles and spaghetti. <laughs> no, that trick looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, looked amazing. If, I'm sure people, if you haven't, just look at Blackpool. It'll be the first thing that you see on yep. literally everybody's video is the exploding Pringle yeah. chip. <laughs> we, we tried to make a Blackpool video this year, but it was just, we were too slammed at the booth to be able to make a Blackpool video. So if everyone's wondering where it is, it's, uh, you know, we'll post some stuff on Instagram and, uh, and TikTok, but it was, I mean, I, I don't think the booth was less than three deep 
almost the entire time I was there. I had no time. It's crazy. so crazy. You can hear my voice. (laughs) Blackpool's wild. Yeah. You Um, should go. If you're out there and you've ever thought about going, you should definitely go. Absolutely. uh, Be prepared. It's unlike any convention. uh, Other other conventions have a lot of similarity. This one is completely different. And you know, the dealer's room was bigger this year. The room I did the international gala close-up show in last year was converted into a dealer's room as well. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah. It's too many. It's too many deals. <laughs> Is there anything uh, else we need to talk about? From Blackpool, I don't think so. But just like in in uh, what else is going on right now is I think the one other thing we should talk about is Pretty Penny because I think people, oh, right. people got a lot of questions about that. I think that was the one thing. Pretty Penny came out while we were in Blackpool. And so I had a lot of questions about Pretty Penny. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's it's the final word in Coin Through Bottle. I mean, it's, I, it's yeah. Hi, you know, I, I'm, I filmed a lot of it, so I'm like completely, I, I've seen it too many times to remember how ridiculous it looked the first time I saw it, you know, because um, it does, it looks insane. The background, a little bit of the background of this is like, so you and there's a weekly meeting at Penguin where you, me, and some of the other creative people on the team get fed submissions, right? that have like made it sort of through the submission process to like, Hey, you know, you guys are going to have to go out and do this. Is it, what do you think of this? And did we watch the submission video for this? Like the, the performance of it, I want to say 40 or 50 times. And we had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I think so. I, funny enough, I wasn't there when you guys watched it. Oh. Um, I, I was out of town for the, the submission. It was all I heard about was everybody talking about it. Like, you know, like, hey, we're, we're, this guy's coming in. We're going to film it. I'm like, I haven't seen it. What 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 is it? Dude, the first time I saw it was actually live. I can't even imagine. Dude puts a penny on his hand and you see the penny like lift up and melt through the bottom of the bottle. And then you shake it and it's in there. And then you can give him the bottle and the coins in the bottle. Yeah, totally wild. Um, you know, it, it might not be as obvious. It was a very interesting, every trick presents its own challenges in like creating the marketing materials and the tutorial and all that stuff. And Michael John did such an incredible job teaching it. Yeah. It was so much fun to work with him. Uh, we're, he, believe it or not, he hasn't even, I think even, I don't even know if you've seen it. There's a crazier <laughs> looking thing that he's coming back to film with us. No way. Um, yeah. I can't wait to work to with Michael John. It's, he's, <laughs> it's ridiculous, but that, that's a side note. Um, the real secret here is being, is being able to put a coin inside a glass bottle, which with, isn't possible without bending it. Yeah, because it's there, not possible. That was that's the secret. That was the question I got a lot. Was like, hey, do you, is this like? You remember that thing back in like the late '90s, early 2000s, where you bent a bottle cap, put it through, and like, like spoiler alert, the gimmick that they sent you was a metal rod that you used to unbend the cap oh. inside the bottle. That's not what this is. No, yeah. So it's like it's not really. I'm not revealing the secret in that. It's just the the thing that gets everybody in a stir is that the the coin looks like it melts off his hand into the bottle. Yeah. We all know that's impossible, right? So there's multiple things at play here. The real, the real thing you get is the ability to now create bottles with coins in them, just like a Rubik's cube in a jar or a deck of cards in a jar. Like it's, it's in that impossible object world. That's the real secret. 
which is why you see it done so many different ways in the demo, right? Because once you understand how to get a coin in the glass bottle, you can almost create any of the old uh, coin and bottle routines that you might already know how to do, right? Because mm -hmm. that's kind of how a lot of them work, right? But this one just has that extra layer of like, wait a minute, well, how the hell do you get the penny in the bottle? Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the real discovery that Michael has made along with the incredible optical illusion rises and things that go into the bottle. Like the, his, his handlings of it are incredible. Yeah. So it's just an incredible combination of the two, the discovery of the coin in the bottle, but then also just the incredible visual rise that goes into the, the glass bottle. Funny enough, I love that one, but it's not my favorite, uh, not my favorite coin in the bottle on the project. No. He teaches four different versions. So. The, the one where it melts through, where the bull is the the beer is full amazing to me yeah. that that is even better than the one the where it goes up through the bottle just because like i mean there's nothing in that bottle and then there is a coin that appears in the bottom of a full beer and you can drain that thing out and hand it to them and they'll never get that penny out of that bottle i mean that's yeah that's the closest yeah, I mean, i've the ever seen to something that like would have been on like one of the early david blaine specials yeah, no, for sure. Because the, the, the one that rises from your palm up into the glass bottle, incredible. And you should do it, especially on social media or something. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if you're performing out and about, you can also do it. Uh, literally, it's like the angles are, you can do it surrounded even. It's it's crazy. Um, I just I just prefer the, um, uh, like, not have the viewing angle so narrowed yep. for somebody, which is why video is perfect for it. Yes. You know, but like the, you basically have to do it for like one person, not because the angles suck, but you know, the bottle has like labels on it and stuff, which kind of stop people from being able to see from the corner. So you really want to do it like dead on. Yeah. Which makes it cool too. It's like a piece of challenge magic. It's like, it's you and me watch, you know, and you, and you do it right there. But yeah, um, man, what a, what a, what a, what a cool, what a cool trick. I feel like a lot of the tricks this year have been uh, strong. The yep. releases have been strong uh, this year. So, so pretty penny is, is well, we're picking up. The other thing that I got questions on was, and, and I, I don't think that I would have experienced this had I not been at Blackpool, just a ton of Europeans coming up and saying, Hey, is this American currency only? And I know that on the video, Michael John like talks about some different bottle coin, like combinations, so here, like it, diamond penny. The, yeah, the answer to that is is does it work with? Yes, it, it does. But the thing is, and you'll understand once you learn the method. Um, this is not like a. It, it's a discovery of, of of something. It's not like something he created. He discovered this thing about uh, coins and bottles and. Because it's a glass bottle, every glass bottle is made – there's imperfections in every glass bottle. So not mm -hmm. everything is going to be exactly the same. And depending on the coins in the, in the glass bottle that you're using, it is possible using the techniques that Michael teaches, but you're going to have to play around a, a little bit. Yeah, like uh, The easiest one is the penny and these glass uh, bottles there. He's using the – Modelo and the Corona bottles because they're uh, clear, you know, so they're not like a brown yeah. bottle, so you can see right into it. Yes, you're right. Um, a dime and one of the glass Coke bottles uh, can work. So, but, really, 
once it's you learn once you learn what he has discovered like you take a handful of your local change to your local bar and you'll you'll have the knowledge to get there yeah it you'll and that's what i mean like once you make one of those impossible objects you just kind of use it yeah you know it becomes your you're creating a gimmick essentially it's in, you can do it impromptu too which is wild like yeah. you can literally do this trick with nothing at the bar, um, but which is crazy, totally crazy. If you saw somebody with one of those bottles, you could probably set it up in the moment. He also, and like, there's you probably don't even know these, but like, you can do the load, for example, on a Corona. You know, a Corona Modelo. This is another reason why he uses those. Mm-hmm. They come with a lime. Yeah, typically, you can under the cover of pushing the lime in the bottle, <laughs> load the penny. Which, Eric, means you could do it with a signed coin, <laughs> right? <laughs> what? He also goes as, right? Think about that. He also goes as far as, like, if the bottle's empty and you put the, if you push the lime in, you know, the lime in the bottle can be used to hide the coin that's in the bottle. That is bonkers. Right? right? Cool stuff. Yeah. Really. The, the tutorial's excellent. He, mm-hmm. to say he is... Uh, obsessed with this trick would be an understatement um he has thought of literally everything and when he does come back to film the second project that we're going to do with him we're also going to film some extra handlings for pretty penny that will get added to the uh to the tutorial because we actually weren't able to film all of it when he was here that is that is insane (laughs) yeah yeah totally crazy well so uh there's only one other thing that i kind of had on the docket for us to talk about um so i you know you and i are going to be having these conversations weekly and it's not always gonna be about products and so i think this is the sort of the time to say to the listeners like hey you know reach out to me on instagram about like things that you'd like to hear nick and i talk about uh whether it's like our shows and coming up or some of the things that we're working on personally or different topics and magic uh we're going to be doing some some different stuff this podcast has been going for five years we're still going to do some of the yeah, how crazy is that and, right? and we haven't missed a single week in five years that's insane that's so crazy yeah, my, i was talking to my so girlfriend crazy. yesterday and she was like you haven't missed a week and i was like no and she's like you know you can repeat stuff and i was like not for the penguin fans <laughs> well it's only gonna get better now yeah. it sounds like so and so we're gonna um, be, we're gonna be doing we're still gonna be having interviews in there but like this is a way for us to like we've gotten so many questions over the years that this is like the new forum for us to talk about that stuff and one of the things we're going to talk about is current events. And this hasn't happened mm. yet, but like, man, the moon is going to disappear. <laughs> is it? I don't know. <sighs> it's, I don't it's know. It's going to happen in February. So uh, that's what I mean. February is almost over and uh, I haven't heard it. I don't know. I don't know anything about this project. I did. I did see somebody. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen? But I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen now at this point. Yeah. Uh, just it's been radio silence over there, and uh, I I was more excited than anybody to I, to I see it happen this month. But it's uh, I, I just don't know. I want to see the moon disappear. Yeah, because I yeah I, I don't know. This is so. This is what I've I've heard to the grapevine is okay. that it's going to happen. I I talked to somebody who shall remain nameless who definitely worked mm. on it, and they were like they got way too far on this. It's going to happen. Mm. So that's, 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 and I'll tell you off pod kind of what I heard, but it's going to happen is, uh, is, is that there was, there was so much work done before it was announced and after it was announced that 
you know, if, even if we don't see it in February, the way the, the poster said, we're going to see the moon go away. That'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good. I hope it does. I'm yeah. looking forward to talking about uh, the moon going mm-hmm. away for sure. For sure. Well, uh, you got any, uh, and you got some shows coming up at P3, right? Or did you just finish a run? Yeah, I get the, sh- I get the show coming up next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of new stuff in the show. It's just always changing. Maybe, always changing. Maybe next week we'll talk about some of the new stuff in your show. Yeah. Uh, when does this come out? Like, is this, this what is, we're talking about right now? This is So this week, the, what we're talking about right now is coming out today. And today, oh wow, because it, it's <laughs> okay. going to come out like at five o'clock. So the podcast will still come out at five p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. Um, mm. But I'm thinking that you and I are probably going to start recording these on like Monday or Tuesday every got it, week. Got it. So I've got some time to like, you know, get some other interviews in the can. You know, like I was, you know, I'm going to be talking to Christian Grace. I'm going to be talking to John Kerry. Uh, uh, you know, um, who else am I talking to? Uh, oh, the magical Ohm from California. I met this amazing uh, young performer from the Magic Castle Juniors group who who came up, did some really hardcore sleight of hand and then threw my own cards in my face and then absolutely shocked me. <laughs> they were fantastic. Uh, but but they're part of the junior program at the castle and we've never really talked to any of the juniors and found about what's going on over there. Uh, and I got some exciting announcements about FISM and FISM North America and the IBM uh, Tacoma. Yeah. I know some, you know, I got some inside info on some competitors. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff, but so I think we'll, we'll record this early in the week and then uh, later in the week, I'll be able to throw in some interviews and stuff like that. But that'll, that'll be kind of what happens. That's good. Uh, I like, maybe we can give sneak peeks on stuff that's coming out. Yes. Um, yeah. As our release schedule is getting a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier to do. Which I guess like in this case, mind blocks would have already come out. Now. Like, are we going to do this on Monday? Yeah, we'll do this on Monday. We'll do this on Monday. So, okay. You know, one thing I did do, which was pretty fun, was I saw that Roddy McGee was performing at the Magic Castle. Oh, that's right. Tell me tell me about that. Because, like, you, like, flew out to L.A. for a day to see Roddy, right? I just, you know what? I hadn't been out of the house in a bit. And I, I was like, should we just go to, you want to just go smash and grab 24 hours in, mm-hmm. in, in L.A.? And there's a really great flight from Columbus to L.A., so... Said screw it, let's go. So yeah. we went to the castle and uh, just kind of surprised Roddy, which which was great. But I think the the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because I mean I know Roddy's a great performer, oh, yeah. um, but I I wasn't sure what his set was going to be. He told me because I messaged him early in the week. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, how's it going? You know, make sure you get your set filmed. And, yeah. Which I don't know if he did. I, I really don't oh. know if he did. But he's like, oh, I just made this you know new set, so. So I was excited to see what it was. And literally it was Roddy played the hits. Yeah. Uh, He played the hits and, and I was talking to magicians at the castle that were just so excited to see him do all the releases that have come out. Cause he literally did. If I can remember correctly, little door, Frank and doe, Xerox, MacBook pro and lucid. Wow. uh, In his set. Like it was all like, marketed effects i mean his tricks yeah like that just goes to show you these are tricks that he does you know i was actually surprised he didn't do predictions oh really um, that actually surprises me too that's like that's such a charming trick from him yeah but it his set was framed really well it was such a great lesson in 
being five tricks that like have just come out on the marketplace, but he framed it at the beginning and the end under this uh, frame of he was there to expose magician's secrets that night. And he used <laughs> those five tricks to, you know, illustrate that idea. Like, and if you think about it, like little door is like a magician showed me how to do this trick once. And yeah. this is how we got to speak on the card and Frankendo or the coin disappears. I was a little, you know, secret magician inside my hand that makes the coin, you know, stuff like that. And at the end there was a surprise ending with, uh, you know, uh, he does like a costume change at the end of the show, which was really great. He told, but he it, told me about that. It's not just a costume change. He also like appears on the other side of the lobby of the castle of like the main bar. <laughs> like that's a, it's a crazy Roddy. McGee yeah. Idea. Yeah. So I think it was pretty uh, insightful for a lot of people that saw it because, mm -hmm. you know, we buy a lot of these tricks and you think they have to be done a certain way, but, and then there you go. There's a guy doing them and he, he found a frame that worked for, everything and he just went for it and it was, it was awesome i was so glad i went it was just fun to to see him do his thing well, so, at the castle so like speaking of like seeing magicians uh so i did two weeks in europe like as vacation before blackpool and i went to barcelona and i walked into this magic shop and i had no idea what i was walking into it's a tiny little magic shop i got to post some photos of it on instagram but like there's photos of fred caps on the wall and uh the guy walks out from behind the the curtain and it's Perry Rafar, the guy who took second place in cards at FISM. And he was like, Eric, what are you doing here? And I was like, Perry, what are you doing here? And he's like, this is my shop. And he was like, I got a show tonight. Do you want to see it? So <laughs> I watched his show. And like, if you've never seen someone that good, like do a live show. And he was, he was, do, he was, it was exactly like Roddy where he's like playing the hits. I mean, he's playing like some of this are marketed effects. Some of these were things that he's published. Some of them were like, uh, you know, classics in, you know, uh, magic from Catalan because that's where Barcelona is over and like the Catalan side of stuff. And the, I think here's the thing that if you travel in Europe, it's crazy. I don't, I speak okay Spanish, but he works in Catalan, which is a different language. I had, hmm. my girlfriend and I had no problem following everything that was going on in the show. And so like, there's like a level of magic understanding where you're like, I may not know the jokes <laughs> he's telling right now, but I know that that is a damn good trick. And it was damn. really, really fun to watch. So that's, yeah, uh, that'd be really fun. And then I actually, I dropped into, uh, you know, we've had Alexandra de Vivier in and I dropped mm -hmm. into Alexandra's shop in Paris. Um, mm -hmm. and I walk in and there's just all these penguin tricks behind the counter, which was so that's cool. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's always a wild thing to see. Yeah. That's yeah. You did some shows, right? Did you do some shows? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I've been to Europe a number of times and I've just sort of made some friends through my comedy connection. And, uh, there's a lot of expatriate shows. So anytime you go anywhere in Europe or Asia, there's lots of people who like, they teach English as a, as a foreign language to like kids. And so there's, but there's big communities of them. So there's a lot of English language only expat shows. So I did, I did one in Barcelona that was awesome. It was really, really cool. It was this beautiful basement. But the minute I went to Paris and here's the thing, everything in Paris is like 2000 years old. You just like walk around <laughs> and you're like, how, like, how old is that building? And they're like, I don't know. It was built in you know, 1100 BC or just, it's just, everything is old. So the, I did, I ended up doing two shows in Paris. Uh, it was me and, uh, oh man, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, 
French magician. He's been on Francis Got Talent. Uh, uh, Luke Basson? No, um, I don't know. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up in my uh, in my little uh, Instagram here while I'm saying this. But the man, the insanity of it was the little venue we're in is this they made a stage but it was like in this like crazy arched vaulted ceilings like it was like being in the basement of a cathedral wild uh, yeah and I'll, I'll post some photos of it on uh, on facebook and instagram but it was it was really really crazy stuff uh and i'm just gonna pull up this guy's name because you you would absolutely know who he was uh once uh, once i tell you who it is it was oh here here it is. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> no, come on, come on, come on. Jean Luc. Jean Luc. Jean Luc Bertrand. Oh, that guy. I did a show with Jean Luc Bertrand in this like oh, ins- wow. insane like murder basement in Paris, France, <laughs> and he killed it. He absolutely killed that's it. That's great. Yeah. No, that's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this week. And, uh, you know, next week we'll have an interview back and we'll have uh, Nick and I will be talking about some more stuff. Oh, no interview this week. Just me and you. It's just That's you because we were doing the Blackpool wrap up because oh. there was a lot of like usually you Got and I it. do like the Got big, it. big wrap up. So no Got interview. It. But next week. So we'll, next week it, we're just going to goof off and then uh, we'll goof off for a do. bit and then we'll, we'll bring in uh, somebody to talk about some magic stuff. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure to uh, like, subscribe, and ring the bell so that you can be notified whenever more of these come up. And uh, reach out to me on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. As always, practice, practice, perform. Mm-hmm.